Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back to our Thanksgiving episode of the Blitzed Podcast. I know I'm, for one, thankful that I'm joined on a weekly basis by my buddy, Harley Schultz. Harley, how's it going? Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Haven't started my uh, Thanksgiving cooking yet, but uh, I'm hoping to get things cooking come Thanksgiving on the DFS side of things. Hey, I already started my cooking and kind of finished my cooking. Well, you know, I mean, honey, it depends on how much you're how much cooking you're actually doing. I mean, what, what are you cooking up already? Honey baked ham for the win. How's that? That sounds really delicious. Courtesy of the folks at Honey Baked Ham. Exactly. Yes. Picked <laughs> it up. Picked it up on Saturday, and it's good till December fourth, and it won't make it that long. Yeah, it's not a bad call. Uh, fortunately, uh, we we moved into the new house there, the new condo in in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. And our kitchen's a little bit smaller, uh, but it's more open to the rest of the space. However, typically, my brother and his wife host Thanksgiving up in uh, a suburb of Minnesota, a suburb of Minneapolis called St. Michael. And ass- assuming the storm weathers aren't too horrible in the next couple of days, we should be dining up there. And she always has a very nice spread of food to choose from. That's good. Well, I hope you enjoy that. And hopefully people have enjoyed our season to date and they enjoy this episode and maybe we can help them make a little money on Turkey Day as well as the weekend following. So for those that don't know, on this episode, what we do is we normally have two segments, um, one that focuses on the redraft slash dynasty portion of the season and then of course the dedicated dfs but tonight it's a double dose it's dfs twice so we've got turkey day dfs and then the sunday slate dfs well well, when you think about thanksgiving what more do you think about than filling up your plate multiple times exactly multiple Um, courses baby and watching your drunk uncle you know talk about football that he doesn't understand and stuff like that it's better that than watching your drunk aunt talk about politics right that is true, too. Um, and I'll tell you what, I'll bet you that when I throw this over to Harley for this week's Blitz, Pod, blah, 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 Blitz Podcast News, we're not even going to edit that out, um, that there is no politics in it, at least I hope. So, Harley, take it away. Thank you, Steve. Dwayne Haskins is questionable for next week with a right wrist injury. We can neither confirm nor deny that Haskins' injury was suffered on the last play of the game when he was busy taking a selfie with a fan. (laughs) Derek Carr was benched midway through the Oakland spanking by the New York Jets. When asked after the game if Carr would start next week, John Gruden started to say that Carr would have to beat out Mike Glennon this week in practice. Unfortunately, Halfway through uttering that statement, Gruden fell over belly laughing at the thought of actually starting Mike Glennon. Needless to say, we are all fortunate that Nathan Peterman is still on IR. (laughs) Coach Zach Taylor 
stated that Andy Dalton was going to return as the starter for the Bengals next week versus the Jets. In related news, all of A.J. Green's current ailments have mysteriously vanished instantly. The Miami Dolphins refused to answer the call of internet provocateurs pushing the narrative of playing Patrick Laird more frequently than Kalen Balaj. Since taking over as the Dolphins' starting running back in Week 9, 50 other players have more rushing yards than Balaj, including 17 backup or third-string running backs and eight different quarterbacks. So, obviously, the Dolphins' brass see something no one else does. Or, more likely, the Dolphins' brass just all need LASIK. And finally, Eric Ebron was placed on IR Monday, ending his season. Count me among the many wondering whether or not his season ever began. This has been your BPN News Update. Wow, that's harsh, man. That is harsh. I mean, we knew the guy was going to have some regression this year. At least you should have known. And Harley wants to act like he didn't even play. I, I can't remember the last time I saw him get a touchdown. Uh, didn't he just have one like a week or two ago? Or, he probably did, but it was so yeah, forgettable. That is true. Yeah, it whatever. It is. All right, well, this is where I would normally say let's get into our next segment, and we're not going to do that. We're going to get into our DFS segment, and that's all it's going to be the rest of the night. So the show may not be as long as normal, but then again, maybe it will be. Um, probably shorter, kind of like this, the Thursday slate. But I will say this. Have you ever seen three worst Thanksgiving Day games combined? Yeah, it's pretty ugly. Although uh, I, I need to apologize to all of our listeners right off the bat uh, for last week. Uh, obviously, there was no way of us knowing that Matt Ryan would replace himself with Matt Schaub midway through the game. Yeah. And there was no way of knowing that Julio Jones would decide that he didn't want to play this week. And realistically, there's no way of knowing that Sean Payton would decide that Elvin Kamara didn't need to touch the ball 20 times. You know, Kamara did not look good, actually. I, I didn't think. There was times he looked hesitant, and I have to wonder just how healthy he actually is at this point. Well, and it's crazy, and we talked about this a little bit online with some people this weekend, is that he touched the ball so much in the previous week that it really looked like he had gotten past whatever his melodies were, and it looked like the team was ready to commit to him being the featured back again with Latavius as more of the change-of-pace type role. And what do we see right from the get-go, basically, in this game yep. was Kamara playing second fiddle basically until the team was in a must-need passing-down situation over the fast over the final two drives of the game. Yep. If it wasn't for those, it was ugly. And I mean, it was really ugly. There was, I think, it was a fourth and one where they they gave it to him and tried to you know get it towards you know running between the guards or something like that. It just he kind of went down and there was no push. There was nothing. It just that's the one play that really made me look at it and go, I wonder if he's okay. Like, so I don't know. Um, so for well, the, it, it actually brings up an interesting question. Not to get too far off our topics for today, but uh, what I've noticed a lot in the last couple of weeks is. Very good, talented running backs with juke ability or a maneuverability, guys like Kamara, Saquon Barkley, and Ezekiel Elliott being asked to repeatedly run the ball uh, basically through the one hole or directly straight on instead of getting a chance to either catch the ball in space and do stuff with it or go to the outside. And I, I start 
wondering a little bit. I mean, scheme matters. Yeah. Definitely in football. Why are we seeing this desire by these elite football, elite running backs to just use a scheme that obviously makes no sense considering the talent that's around them? Because either the coaches are not as smart as they think they are or they're too smart for their own good. But I will say that a few weeks ago I actually tweeted out a throwback play that I just missed. And those guys you just mentioned, I would love to see run this play. Do you remember the sweep? Oh, yeah. With the fullback, and you run the sweep to the outside and just line it up and go. And it just, man, could you imagine seeing those guys run that play 8, 10, 12 times a game? Well, and maybe it's just me personally uh, growing up in a era that was dominated by playing Madden online where basically uh, uh, every other play was either four wide deep or a swing route, a wheel route to someone. That was always my favorite play. Right. Just get the running back into space to the right and dump the ball off to him and let him do all the work. Yeah. So speaking of all the work, how many are we going to match on on Turkey Day? On Turkey Day, we're going to match on a lot just because there's fewer players to choose from. I would say that we're going to match on seven. I'm going to take the under. I'm okay. going to take the under. And again, I guess I'll put this qualifier out for people that might be new to the show. Harley and I do not discuss our DFS plays prior to coming on the air. We may talk about some different things, but DFS is not one of them. Um, and tonight, because it's double DFS, we really didn't talk about anything. Um, had a joke about Andy Dalton before we came on, and that was about it. And he said, oh, there might be something in the news. I said, well, then let's just get at it. So with that said, I will lead off, if that's okay with you. You go right ahead. And we will probably run the quarterback position. <coughs> Actually, I think I we, think that's probably a, a good uh, – we'll get at least two of the quarterbacks, I'm certain. Yeah, of. I was going to say, I actually think we'll get two. I don't think we'll get the third. So the first one we're going to pay up for is we're going to pay up for, for Drew Brees. That is a match. Yeah. And tell them why. Well, so Brees was held to 287 yards and zero touchdowns in the meeting against Atlanta in Week 10. Very much underperforming uh, game on his behalf and, and the Saints offense in general as Atlanta came up with some really exotic blitzes to, to kind of disrupt Brees. But for Brees' career, he is averaging over 300 passing yards per game against Atlanta. And last year, in two games, he posted a total of nine touchdowns against them. Uh, Atlanta's defense is not that much better. Yes, they were sneaky. Yes, they came up with some creative stuff. It's been a couple weeks now. The Saints have had time to adjust their philosophy based on that. Breeze is going to have a big game here. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, But, so... Remember, in the past few weeks, I've said, I really like Breeze, but I'm not paying up for him. I was paying up for Lamar Jackson and stuff like that. And I said, I don't have to pay up for Breeze. He, he doesn't have to have a big week for his skill players to have big weeks. And Michael Thomas has kind of borne that out. This week, I actually think Breeze can have the big week without his skill players having the, all the upside. I don't know. We'll see. Um, staying away. I'm just going to tell you who I'm staying away from. And I'm not sure you're going to agree with this, um, but you should. I'm going to stay away from Dak Prescott. That is also a match. Okay. So I'll, I'll throw now, one, I'm going to throw one stat out, and then I'll throw it over to you. Were you aware that since Sean McDermott became head coach of the Buffalo Bills, no team has allowed fewer passing TDs than them? I did not know that, but I certainly believe it. Yep. 
Now, when you look at Dak Prescott's price, on DraftKings, he's 5700 which is actually fairly good. It, it's near the yeah. lower, half, lower half of the quarterback selection. But when you look at his FanDuel price, it's 8200 That's $300 less than Breeze. Yeah, that's so based solely on price, you're, you're definitely not playing Dak on FanDuel. But when you look at against Buffalo, only one quarterback has thrown for more than one touchdown this year against this defense. Only one quarterback has topped 250 passing yards. You know who that was? Um, Tom Brady. No. Ryan Fitzpatrick twice in revenge <laughs> games. <laughs> there you go. You know, Dak should get a few yards on the ground because Buffalo can be beaten on the ground. But this game is really suboptimal, especially to pay over 8000 for. And I think some people might chase him, believe it or not, because they see him coming off the poor game against New England and he's at home and it's Thanksgiving. And I, I just, I don't see it. I, if anything, Dallas should win this game. If they're going to win it, they're going to win it because of Zeke. And I think that they're going to have to chew it up on the ground. And I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. So um, yes. as far as value play goes, I feel dirty. I feel really dirty with my value play pick. But I don't know how you can't have this person as your value play pick. As long as his hip doesn't give out. I'm going with Mitchell Trubisky as my value play. I mean, Jeff Driscoll's priced higher. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, Trubisky is my, my value play this week as well. So we're three for three at quarterback. In four career games versus Detroit, Trubisky has nine touchdowns and only four turnovers. Over his other 32 career games, he has 38 touchdowns and 39 turnovers. Uh Plus, you know, Detroit has allowed three or more passing touchdowns in four of their last six games, including week 10 when Mitch Trubisky threw for three touchdowns against them. Yep. And in their last month, um, the Lions ranked fifth in points allowed to fantasy quarterback. So if you really want to go cheap, I mean, it's it's just it's tough to trust Mitch. But from a pricing standpoint, yeah, I think it's a no brainer. It's going to be in Detroit, too, so you don't have to worry about any weather concerns. That is true, too. Um, that is very true. And it's not going to be at the geriatric wards. So you don't have to worry about the hip. Um, that'll lead us right over into running back. And I think I kind of hinted at who I was going to be paying up for at the running back position. And it's Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I, I had a hard time saying I loved any of the top guys, quite honestly. Um, I just think the game flow is going to be in Zeke's more benefit than it is somebody like Kamara. Um, Singletary, who is hard to trust. I know he's been a pretty electric, but in the Dallas defense can be had at times, but it is on the road, so and it's a short week. So what do you say? Who are you paying up for? Uh, we have a fourth match here, and it's interesting that you mentioned that you don't like the top tier running backs this week. I'm actually uh, – normally we have a release on Friday. It's called the Daily Dominator on the huddle.com where we talk about all the games uh, for the coming week and all the players that you might want to consider from a daily fantasy standpoint. This week we'll be releasing an early version as well that have his, has coverage of just the Thanksgiving Day slate. And on that one, I talk about how I'm actually going to be stacking all three of the top-priced running backs on a lot of teams in daily fantasy when I can this week because I think they've all got decent matchups. Not great matchups, but pretty decent matchups. And again, when you look at the slate and the overall abundance of players to choose from, the pot of players this week is not very good for this. It's, it's three kind of crummy games. Yeah. So I, I am paying up for Ezekiel Elliott here. You, you really, it's hard to throw the ball against Buffalo, but you can run the ball. Here's an interesting thing. If you ignore the Kalen Bellage failure in week 11, the other four most recent games against Buffalo 
opposing running backs are averaging 5.7 yards per carry. Yeah, and right now over the last month, the Bills are ninth in points allowed to the fantasy running backs. So where you feel like you're going to stack them, I guess what I see is with Alvin Kamara being the highest-priced guy on this, and it's a short week, and they got to go on the road, and I just maybe I'm seeing more than I should, and I'm just I'm, I'm cautiously pessimistic that there's something wrong. I'm staying away from Alvin Kamara. I don't want to pay up for him if I don't think he's right, especially on a short week. Well, what's interesting is, again, if it comes down to a financial decision between playing uh, Zeke or playing Kamara, Kamara is definitely the one I'm leaving off of the two. Yep. But it's my goal as possible to try to get Kamara, Elliott, and Singletary into my laps. Again, the very least, I'm going to put Elliott and Singletary into all of my laps. Okay. So you staying away from? Well, if you're going to stay away from Kamara, I'm going to stay away from David Montgomery. Despite facing Detroit... The Giants and the Rams the last three weeks, so two really, really bad run defenses, and the Rams are kind of getting gashed tonight by uh, Baltimore's runs. Uh, Montgomery is averaging only 2.6 yards per carry over that three-game span. All season, he's topped 70 rushing yards once. Those are not good numbers. Montgomery is just turning out to not be a very good back. Yeah, so uh, I didn't have him as my stay away, but I get that. And oh, you know, I got I got one other stat here I just saw on Twitter uh, earlier today. Yep. I'm going to throw out credit to Pro Football Focus for this. It's among 52 qualifying running backs at this point in the season based on the number of carries. Only two running backs are averaging fewer yards after contact than David Montgomery. Is that Those K- two? Kalen and Balaj? Does he count as two people? He should probably. Balaj is one of them. The other one, David Johnson. David Johnson, the offensive lineman. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, and it's, you know, here's the thing. I think people are going to look at that matchup and they're going to go, man, the Lions are juicy. I mean, over the past month. And Montgomery's up, price looks good and cheap, too. Yeah. They're the four, they're giving up the fourth most points to fantasy running backs. So with that said, since I want a part of that, but I don't want a part of David Montgomery, that takes me to who my value play is. And I'm going to have a mini stack of Mitch Trubisky with Tariq Cohen. Well, we have a match at the value play, too. Amazingly, I'm staying away from David Montgomery, but I am going to take the value play of Tariq Cohen. Uh, you know, I talked all this bad stuff about how Montgomery is just absolutely suffering in the last couple of games. Tariq Cohen has fewer touches than Montgomery over the last few weeks, but he has done way more with each touch. And when you look at just the general breakdown of their split, He's the receiving end of that split backfield. Detroit has allowed six running back groups to record five or more receptions this season. Six different groups have also topped 70 receiving yards per game. Oh, and and they've also given up seven receiving touchdowns on the year. So maybe we're going to um, be a little... Obliterate the over. Yeah, it looks that way, unfortunately, for me. (laughs) Um, So maybe it falls all apart for us at, at the receiver positions, going wide receiver and tight end. Um, so at wide receiver, I actually, I wanted to say this before we started, we're halfway through, so I'll say it now. I don't like the Thanksgiving slate all that much. Honestly, I recommend that you don't always have to play every slate. Take advantage of being able to go back for seconds and thirds and imbibe in a few drinks and enjoy your family. If you don't like the slate, I won't be playing on the Thanksgiving slate. With that said, if I was the wide receiver I'm going to pay up for. God, I feel dirty. Allen Robinson. 
It's like the first week in like 18 weeks that I haven't paid up for Michael Thomas, I think. But I'm a little bit afraid of that Atlanta defense against him, believe it or not. Uh, I, <laughs> uh, we didn't match here, and it's not that I didn't try. Actually, I don't mind Ellen Robinson this week. I don't particularly care for that $7,700 price tag on FanDuel for him. At 6700 I think he's okay. I'm a little concerned that he might get covered uh, predominantly by Darius Slay. That's possible. It did really matter in the last game. He actually did pretty good against him in the earlier meeting between the two teams. Uh, but I, I went with the guy that you would mentioned just a little bit ago about wanting to play a lot of and pay up for a lot this week, and that's Michael Thomas at Atlanta. Yeah, see, the Fal- they're not a bad matchup. But over the last month, they're more middle of the pack. They're like 17th in points allowed to fantasy wide receivers. And it's not that I don't like him. I just don't know that you're getting three times value for him this week. And I, I have to agree. I, I, just, I didn't see a lot of receivers that I thought were going to give me three times value, at least not at the top of the echelon this week. And then Julio Jones, really, I should be all over Julio Jones. Um, Marshawn Lattimore missed another game. I'm guessing they're probably not going to bring him back on a short week. Um, probably get him some extra rest. You know what I mean? But Julio's banged up himself, so it's like, I can't. how can you do that? So Julio's the guy I'm actually staying away from, um, more to the point that do we even know what's going to happen with Matt Ryan? Does he play a whole game? Is Julio okay? Put all that stuff in it together. It's a short week. i got to stay away from Julio. I actually am not playing Julio this week either, and for pretty much all the same reasons. But the guy that I'm staying away from in terms of this uh, exercise is Amari Cooper versus Buffalo. Now, four teams have failed to catch 10 total passes. Not, not one player. We're not talking about Michael Thomas catching 10 passes. We're talking about entire teams, wide receiver groups, not catching 10 passes against Buffalo. Yep. Tredavious White is going to shadow Cooper the entire game. We saw what happened to Cooper yesterday when Stephon Gilmore shadowed him the entire game. I would seriously argue that Tredavious White is actually a better stick-to-it cover corner than Gilmore is. So if Cooper got nothing yesterday, I'm certainly not counting on anything this coming week. Uh, I'm not sure I can agree with you there because Gilmore is playing out of his absolute mind. But that's no slight on White. Not at all. So, yeah, and I think people are going to chase Cooper because he had a bad week and they're going to think that he's going to bounce back and it's in Dallas and all that good stuff. But, yeah, I don't don't disagree with you. Um, Value play-wise, I picked a guy that I shouldn't have picked. I picked a revenge player. I, I don't. He doesn't have a great matchup, but I, I think he's going to see the ball enough and he might wind up scoring to give you a three times value. I'm going to go with Cole Beasley going into his old stomping grounds. We've got a match there as well. I thought that was the one pick in the entire two parts that I thought we would never match on. You see, revenge game factors come into play, and yes, they do matter. Beasley has actually scored in four of his last six games, and he's averaging just under seven times targets per game for the season uh, meanwhile Dallas has actually given up some big games to other guys that run out of the slot so you, you look at last week Julian Edelman did very very good the week before that Danny Amendola had a fairly decent line at the end of the game against them uh, you, you can beat Dallas over the middle and I think that's what they're going to do and I think they're going to make an extra concerted effort to get Beasley a touchdown in Dallas just to show them up a little bit yeah and Leighton Van Der Esch will probably be out again also I think that's defense. definitely going to help. Yeah. All right. So now we need the tight end position 
to be what puts the over over the top or see if I can nail the under in dramatic fashion. Oh, God, the tight end position was ugly this week, wasn't it? Honestly, yes, it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I completely ignored Austin Hooper because of the injury, right? I'm in the same, I don't think he's going to play. I don't either. Um, so then that left me going, who am I going to pay up for? I don't really. TJ Hawkinson got a great matchup compared to the numbers, but do I trust TJ Hawkinson to pay up for him? And he's $3,400. That's not really paying up for anything, right? Yeah, so, and, uh, I mean, he had no targets even last week. Yeah, so I think we're going to wind up hitting the number right now just based on this, and I think we could miss on the next two. I'm going to pay up for Jared Cook. That is a match, and that will hit the over, or tie the over, I should say. The list of tight ends is really ugly, but Atlanta is actually pretty bad against tight ends. They have allowed every upper echelon tight end yes. that they have faced to score and or top 50 receiving yards against them, including Jared Cook two weeks ago. He posted six catches six, and 74 seven. yards. Yep. Cook has become a very valuable part of this offense. Drew Brees is using him in perhaps even a better way than he ever used Jimmy Graham there. And I, I like I like the matchup a little bit. Again, I like the price of 4800 particularly on DraftKings, which isn't too high. That 6700 price on FanDuel, you might still have to pay it because, again, the uh, the players to choose from there are yeah. really, really rotten. <laughs> yep. All right, so we're going to wind up with a push here because I don't – Christ, you can stay away from everybody. Um, yeah, I think we're going to match here now that I think about it. I'm going to stay away from Jason Witten. That's a match too, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Buffalo's, Buffalo's allowed only one tight end to score all season. On the year, they're giving up an average of three catches and 33 yards to the position. And, and realistically, that number is weighted because back in week five, Janu Smith had one catch for 57 yards where he basically got behind three different defenders that had fallen down. You take that one catch out, they're averaging under 25 yards a game. To the position on the season. That's not very good. Yeah. And Witten, I, mean, I know the rain was a factor, but how many passes did the veteran drop yesterday? Yeah. All right. So then I'm going to stay in the same game for my value play because I just looked at it and it's dirty. I'm going to have to go with the rookie, Dawson Knox. I don't think it's a big day, but he might score over the past month. Dallas ranks 11th in fantasy points to tight ends. They've given up double digit games to both Evan Ingram and Kyler, Kyle Rudolph. Um, not much else other than that. Irv Smith Jr. had a decent game the same time that Rudolph did. So we'll see. But I, I wasn't in love with any of the value plays, quite f- frankly. So who's your value play? It's a clean sweep at the tight end position. I also went with Dawson Knox here. I, I, he's certainly been more involved in the Bills' offense over the last three or four weeks. Uh, the Dallas actually slowed down both the Lions and the Patriots the last two weeks. But realistically, the Lions and Patriots aren't really using their tight ends a whole lot this year. Uh, prior to that, uh, prior to those two games, I should say, they had allowed 6.4 receptions and 63 yards per game to the position. They've given up five tight end touchdowns already this year, including four in the last three weeks prior to those two games. So th- there's there's possibility of a touchdown here for Knox, possibility of maybe like a, a four-catch, 50 yards, five-catch, 40 yards, somewhere in that range. Yep. Which, again, on this slate, at this price, you're going to need to shave a little bit of money somewhere so you can fit those big running backs in there. It's probably one of your best options. Now, if you don't go Dawson Knox, and as things presumably go and Austin Hooper doesn't play, he hasn't been ruled out yet, but if he doesn't play, I kind of like Jaden Graham here too. 
Okay. But yeah, that's, it's going to be tied to, to Hooper's health, that's for sure. Exactly. All right, so to summarize, Harley and I sweep at quarterback. We say pay up for Breeze, stay away from Dak, and find value in Mitchell Trubisky. At running back, we almost swept. We said pay up for Zeke. I said stay away from Alec, Alvin Kamara. Harley kind of likes him, but Harley said to stay away from Montgomery and Chicago. Makes sense. And then we both agreed that Tariq Cohen is a good value play at the running back position. At wide receiver, we differed quite a bit. Um, I said I'm paying up for Allen Robinson. Who did you say you were paying up for again? Michael Got Thomas. Got a pip for Michael Thomas. Yeah, and, and that's fair. It really is. Um, and then I'm staying away from Julio due to some injury risk concerns and Matt Ryan and stuff like that. And you said you're staying away from Amari Cooper, which is absolutely a valid thought process. And then we both agree Cole Beasley in a revenge game is going to do well. And then, of course, we swept the tight end position, paying up for Jared Cook, who has looked better of late. Um, staying away from old man Jason Witten, and then we're using Dawson Knox as a value play at the tight end position to wrap up nine out of the 12 um, guesses that we had there. And Vegas wins again. As always, I'm never right. All right, you ready to run over to the regular slate? Exactly. So how did it feel looking at the pricing and seeing Pat Mahomes back atop the quarterback list? Like everything's right in the world, doesn't it? A little bit. Uh, but again, I mean, it, it's nice to see Patrick Mahomes fully healthy. I would like to see Tyree Kill fully healthy before I like devote a lot of attention to him. But uh, if we're going right into this here, I will say this. My pay to play this week is in fact pat mahomes okay. versus oakland so is mine but i, I should have asked you what's our over under okay bearing that one in mind i'm going to put the over at four. Oh, you stink i'm looking at it. i'm saying in my head four four is a good number um <laughs> i'm going over i'll go over I'll take the mm -hmm. over this time. How's that? We got one in Sounds the books. Good. So we got one in the books. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes at home off of a bye, healthier Oakland Raiders defense. I don't see what's other than Tyreek Hill not being 100% possible. That's about the only thing to not like about this matchup. Yeah, Oakland's given up three touchdowns six times, three or more touchdowns six times right this year, including a 443-yard four-touchdown performance by Mahomes back in week two of this season. Yeah, so that was an easy one as far as I'm concerned. This was a hard, not harder call, but harder call to make, if that makes any sense. The numbers bear it out. I got to stay away from Lamar Jackson this week, even though he's at home. But that San Francisco defense, now we know that they are tops in the league in passing yards allowed, but of course he can beat them with their legs. And that's always the cherry on top for me. But I don't want that to be the cake. You know what I mean? And yeah, just, and I, I'm definitely not paying for Jackson at 8700 on FanDuel this week. So that's that's my stay away. It's Lamar Jackson. I'm not saying he can't have a good day, but I think his upside is severely limited um, because that San Francisco defense is for real. Uh, and, again, we aren't going to officially match here, but I exactly agree with what you're saying, and I don't like him. I probably won't use him myself. But the guy that I'm definitely staying away from based on his price is Kyler Murray going against these Rams. 
Now, we're seeing Lamar Jackson have some success here on Monday night running the ball against them. But the Rams have actually allowed only one or zero quarterback scores in eight of their ten prior games. Only one quarterback before tonight has run for more than five yards against them. Now, again, obviously, Jackson's running fairly well against them tonight. So maybe things are shaking up a little bit there for the Rams. But I, I'm not going to pay the, I think it's the fourth highest price for yeah. Jackson, I'm sorry, for uh, Murray on DraftKings. He's actually the fifth highest price on FanDuel. Uh, sixth highest, I'm sorry, Jeremy Garoppolo for some reasons higher than him. Uh, yeah, Murray is not going into my lineup against the Rams next week. Fair enough. I, I, I always default to the highest price guy if I think I, that I can't play him. So, but you know, same concept. That's for sure. Anyway, who do you? Ha- I had a hard time picking a value play, honestly, and I feel like it's a stretch who I'm going with. And I think of going with him because he, he's coming off a really good game, and now he's going to be at home. Um, and he beat a really good team. Well, he didn't beat, but he should have. Um, he beat his kicker didn't. Kyle Allen pretty much impressed me this weekend, so I like him at home as a value play. Uh, he is not the guy I chose, but I do agree that he's good value this week. I've actually got five different guys I, I kind of considered for value options this week, including uh, a guy minus half his receiving core and Carson Wentz, uh, a guy in Ryan Tannehill who had a huge game last week, uh, and Kyle Allen was certainly in my consideration as well. I'm even considering, assuming they name him the starter, Devlin Hodges facing a Cleveland secondary that's still kind of questionable across the board. But ultimately, I chose uh, Nick Foles hosting Tampa Bay this week. Yeah, I I get it. I'll talk more about that when we get down to the next spot or down to the wide receiver spot. But um, I looked at Foles just – I don't know why. I just – I went a little cheaper and I just – not, it's not much cheaper. He's two hundred bucks cheaper and three hundred bucks cheaper. So, um, I just something about him being at home. I really liked and Tampa Bay. They weren't a gimme this week. They gave up some stuff, but they weren't a gimme this week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somehow another Tampa held Matt Ryan in check last week. They did did give up that late touchdown to Schaub, but over the previous uh, eight games prior to that, they gave up twenty six total touchdowns. That's more than three touchdowns per game to opposing quarterbacks over the eight games prior to that. That is not a mirage. That is clearly a trend. Nick Foles has a lot of weapons to throw the ball, including Leonard Fournette out of the backfield, who's been active in the passing game the last couple games. I I think Foles is in for a pretty big game here. I I don't love the $7,500 price tag on FanDuel, but again, every every quarterback's a little bit higher priced on FanDuel uh, because of the $10,000 difference in salary cap to work with. But the 5700 on DraftKings is definitely a nice play considering that Mahomes is nearly 2000 more. Again, if you're in a league uh, on FanDuel or on FanBall where you can do super flex, I love the idea of putting Foles in a super flex combo with Mahomes or someone else like that to get some possible big points out of your second quarterback. Okay. <coughs> Fair enough. Um, so, at running back, it, it really should we should just take this guy off the list. Um, I'm finally paying up back-to-back weeks for Christian McCaffrey. With, uh, we're going to match on this one. <laughs> and what I should have said was, oh, I'm paying up for Priest Holmes. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm paying up for Ladanian Tomlinson. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm paying up for Sean Alexander. Like, it's all those guys wrapped in the one. How he's he's just racking stuff up right now. Um, but well, going completely off subject for a second, can we talk about how 
Ladanian Tomlinson is not in the top <laughs> ten running backs of all time. No, I'm sorry. I, I've kind of blocked that out because I think they tried too hard. I get wanting to include some of the old school guys, but that's just that's a travesty. It's a travesty. If honestly, if they were going to take a stance of trying to like force some of the older guys in, you wonder who I thought they would actually keep out from a political sense would be OJ. Yeah. Seriously. Now, I'm not saying OJ, based on his skill set, shouldn't be there. But if you were going to omit a guy so that you could get a guy like LT in, then that makes sense. And people wouldn't have complained too much. Yeah, there, that was such an incredible omission. I mean, I, when I first heard that, I was absolutely just taken aback. Yeah. And for anybody that's newer to fantasy football, and by newer I mean like the last four or five years, they don't know what they missed with LT. Yeah, Ladanian Tomlinson was Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, all, all those all those two dimensional backs. He he was the first one really. He was the one that could produce an eighty yard receiving day to go along with a one hundred twenty yard rushing day on a regular basis. Before that was commonplace. Yeah, and score twenty plus touchdowns. Exactly. Thurman Thomas was first, but that's another that's for another day. Thomas wasn't as electric as LT, though. Yeah, and, and for anyone questioning not paying 11 k for Christian McCaffrey on FanDuel, Washington's allowing 160 combo yards per game. There's no one else that touches the ball in the Panthers' backfield. All 160 of those combo yards are going to C-Mac, yep. plus whatever else he gets. And I didn't put this as a second pick, but I did have him down just in case we wanted to say, you know what, let's give people a, a cheaper option that we would pay up for. Um, but the whole idea is who you're going to pay up for, right? So you're talking big salary. But I love Saquon Barkley this week, being at home um, against that Green Bay team coming off of a complete and utter dismantling in San Francisco. Green Bay is definitely a little shell-shocked right now. And, it, well, I think, though, this game is kind of a must-win for them, too, though, to keep their season on track. So... Yeah, I don't a, know what's going to happen there. <laughs> in a sense, it is because it does look like it could take ten, maybe eleven wins to get into the playoffs as a wild card in the NFC this year. So they are currently leading the division. They want to keep that lead because you may not get two people out of that division. Well, if you're going to offer up Barkley at that price, I'd go down a couple hundred bucks cheaper and choose Le'Veon Bell uh, on the road in Cincinnati. In Cincinnati can't stop anyone on, on, on the ground or through the air. That's true. So my stay away was a rather easy pick, believe it or not. Um, he's playing lights out, and it's a revenge game of sorts. Um, but Nick Chubb is facing a Steelers team that has not been very friendly to the running back position of late. So I just decided that, you know what, I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game. I think it's going to be a chippy game. I'm going to stay away from Mr. Chubb this week. Well, I think you can make a decent argument for a lot of the top price guys being guys to stay away from this week. Yeah, uh, Chubb is definitely on my short list there. Uh, coming off a huge game, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Derrick Henry because I, I like how the speed of the Indianapolis linebacking core. Yeah, and uh, let me say neither this, of those guys was my choice though. Let me say this real quick: it was a fumble that Darius Leonard knocked out of Deshaun Watson's hand. I don't buy that whole no clear recovery because. You know what? How often do you see a whole pile, and the refs don't know who the hell has that ball, so they pull everybody off, right? Yep. 
There wasn't even a pile in front of the ref. The ref didn't want any parts of it. He came in shaking his head, no, 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 and like as if it wasn't a fumble. And then they can't look at I, Here's what I don't understand. I know I'm going off on a tangent here. Because if they look at if if review looks at it, they have to see that it's a fumble, and then they have to be able to see who recovered the ball. Why can't that be a two-part process? Why can't it should be? Why, right? Why can't review just say yes, it was a fumble, and the refs say we know who had the ball. So then, if it was a fumble, it is Indianapolis ball. But that's not how it works. That is the most broken thing I've ever heard. I, I absolutely agree with you there. I, I felt the same way too, even though I am a multiple Watson owner. I completely agree with your take there. But uh, actually, it's not the most awful thing or most broke thing I've ever saw. That's that's the pass interference. Um, oh, I, I would say the tripping calls last night. Yeah, those were pretty bad too. But anyway, for Chubb's sake, for people wondering why I'm saying that, over the last month, no team has given up fewer points to the running back position than that of the Steelers. And – you still, with Chubb, as good as he's played, you still have to worry about the looming presence of Kareem Hunt, particularly in the passing game, yep, yep. taking away those looks away from him. Now, one guy who has been getting a lot of looks in the passing game, I kind of pimped a little bit earlier, is my stay away. And that's I, mainly because he's got a hard game to face on the ground this week, and that's Leonard Fournette. I wrote his initials down underneath Chubb as somebody I also did not like. Yeah, I, I like his ability, he's going to probably catch five or six passes probably for 50, 60 yards through the air this week, which is going to save his line. Yep. But I just don't see any path to him having three times value unless they literally give him the ball 30 times. And I, I feel like this is going to be more of a pass-forward game. That's why I'm playing Nick Foles as a value play. Now, if you want to be completely, completely contrarian, put Foles and Fournette in there and Hope and pray that he throws three touchdown passes to Fournette. <laughs> hey, and let me go back and verify. CMC is your pay up, right? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. All right. So we've got two that we match on so far, and we're going to match on this one, I think, too. Um, great matchup. Quarterback has a sore hand from taking selfies. I think Darius Geis eats this weekend, um, and that's who I think makes a nice value play. We didn't match, but I totally agree, and I almost put Darius guys down. I mean, have you seen what, what the Panthers have allowed over the past it's, month? It's been pretty hilarious lately. O- only the Chiefs have given up more points to the running back position than the Panthers have. Um, they've even given up more points than the Cardinals and the Lions have. So I think guys ha- the only thing I don't like about it is it's the Redskins. It's the Redskins. You still have to worry about AP. You still have to worry about Chris Thompson. I, I like Geis, and that price is still super, super juicy. They haven't adjusted it yet. Uh, I'm actually – I will play him in some lineups this week, certainly. But there are two guys I kind of liked a little bit more. One's not Colombolage, is it? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to kind of chase a few points here, uh, rolling with Jonathan Williams again this week. He's not, my, he's not my pick, but I do like chasing the points there. Uh, his price is still fairly low. Uh, Tennessee did give up a lot of yardage and a lot of points to Fournette last week. Uh, so I like him this week as a play. Uh, but the guy that I'm going with has also seen his lead back disappear due to injury over the last couple weeks, and that's Miles Sanders. Sanders is on the road down in Miami this week. And again, assuming that Jordan Howard does not play, it, it, it's Miami. I mean, do we really need to say more? No. They're giving up over 170 combo yards per game to opposing running backs. 
They've given up more than one running back touchdown per game to the position this year. It's horrible down there. And we already know that the Philly wide receiver core is shot right now. Um, so outside of Sanders and Ertz and Goddard, what else is there actually? So he's even got that going for him too. So that's a, that's a nice play. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, if for whatever reason, if Jordan Howard does play, then I'll probably have a lot more exposure to guys, though, and I agree that that's a great play in guys. Yeah, but we are staying away from David Johnson. If anybody's curious, just stay away from David Johnson. Um, I'm also going to stay away from Patrick Laird, by the way, go. despite all the internet rumors. There you go. <laughs> um, I actually like Naeem Himes a little bit because I think he'll be involved in, as the passing back. So if you really were looking to try and you know find some cheaper salary to throw in there. But let's move over to the wide receiver spot. I actually wrote down one name, two name, back to the third name. Not sure that I still have the right guy. Um, I'll tell you who I wrote down first. Then I'll tell you who I wrote down second, and I'll tell you who I went with. How's that? Yep. So I went with DJ Chark first because, well, Tampa Tampa. Bay, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I was like, the Chark's not all that expensive, believe it or not. Like I would have expected him to be higher than 66 and 6,900. So I said, no, I'm not going to pay up for him. So then I said, oh, Devontae Adams, 7,000, 8,000, fourth highest guy on the board, going to be playing a Giants team that really doesn't stop anybody. But no, I can't pay up for Devontae Adams. Did you see what that offense looked like this past weekend? Pretty bad. So then I said, well, here's a guy I looked at, and I said, nah, I can't. I think he's, he might be dinged up. I'm not sure if you know he's going to be full tilt, whatever, but – yeah, if he's playing, I'm paying up for him, and that's Tyreek Hill. Well, again, yeah. I mean, if he's playing, even if he's playing at 90%, he's certainly a great deal at that price against Oakland. Oakland has been <clears throat> just, they've been made hilarious by opposing wide receivers, including not good wide receivers. Tyreek Hill is a pretty good receiver, and given the opportunity, I think he's going to be very, very good. Uh, I, I also looked at DJ Chark, and for the exact same reason that you did, I didn't choose him. Although I agree, I think he's going to be a great great play, and I love that price of 6600 on DraftKings. Even the 6900 on FanDuel is a really nice price for him. But I went with the second guy you mentioned, Devontae Adams. Despite the fact that the Green Bay offense looked completely out of sorts yesterday, Adams still scored. He still also added a two-point – he almost had a two-point conversion. And, again, this is the Giants. This isn't the San Francisco 49ers. I, I'm sorry, the San Francisco 49ers – are an incredibly elite defense. The Giants are an incredibly piss-poor defense. In 8 of 11 games, wide receiver ones have scored at least once against the Giants. That's Devontae Adams' role. He's wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and wide receiver three for the Packers. He is at least going to score once in this game, and at $7,000, happy to pay up for him. Yeah, I don't dislike that. But for my stay away, I wrote down two names. I'll tell you the guy I wrote down, but then I didn't go with first, okay? Okay. Devontae Adams. <laughs> I, I went from, and there's a reason I did that. I went from, I want to pay up for him. I can't pay up for him because, man, I can't get that game out of my mind, right? And, yes, it is the Giants, but it is also on the road. I mean, they just they looked bad, right? And then I said, I can't, yes, I can't say stay away from Devontae Adams. Am I nuts? So that's why he's not my stay away. Instead... My stay away is a guy that's even more money than he is, at least on DraftKings, and he's close on FanDuel. And right now, considering that the game's on while we're actually recording this and he has four targets, 
for two catches for 11 yards. I'm staying away from Cooper Cup at this point. Jared Goff has broke Cooper Cup. Well, I, I don't know if Jared Goff has broke Cooper Cup or if Jared Goff has just broken himself. But, yes, over the last couple of weeks, Goff has been a shellacking of himself. Not a shell of himself, a shellacking of himself. A lot of that actually was because he didn't have Robert Woods or Brandon Cooks for a couple of weeks. So he also was without Garrett Everett, Gerald Everett for a couple of weeks there. Uh, so he was certainly shorthanded with his weapons. Now, this week he gets all of his weapons back. And, yes, it's against Baltimore. They're pretty stingy on defense. So I'm not ready to completely ignore Cooper Cup yet, but I'm certainly not excited to pay that high of a price for him. Yep. I thought, actually, you're going to go with Chris Godwin, who is also overpriced it. and who will probably draw A.J. Bouye, uh, yep. Boye, however you want to pronounce that, in Jacksonville this coming week in coverage. Um, not a great price there, and certainly you're chasing points if you go with Godwin any week after he blows up. Yep. But finally, the guy that I ended up settling on is I'm, I'm not going to chase points with Odell Beckham this week either going up against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's got two very, very good cornerbacks in, in Joe Hayden and Mink Fitzpatrick. One of the two of them will be covering ODB the entire game. Uh, over the last three weeks, Pittsburgh has given up a total of 27 catches. That's nine catches per game to all wide receivers. One of those games did feature Beckham hauling in four catches for 60 yards. But you know what? Those four catches for 60 yards came despite being force-fed 10 targets. That means there are six catches, six passes that he didn't catch in that game. So I did look at, at saying Odell Beckham. The reason I ruled him out of a stay-away was because he is sub-7,000 on DraftKings and was barely above 7 on FanDuel. So that's why I went to the higher-priced guy. Um, but, yeah, I, I, just, I see that game being a lower-scoring game. It's in Pittsburgh. I'm not sure what the weather's going to be like, but it probably will at least be colder and windier, it seems like. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not opposed to saying that at all. Hey, it's Devlin Hodges' season. Does that officially mean it's duck hunting season? Yeah, I think it might be. Um, I still stand by, and people could tell me I'm crazy, I still stand by Pittsburgh is going to be remiss that they gave up that first-round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I think if they, if they could have predicted – the dramatic drop-off in play by Mason Rudolph over the last month, they definitely wouldn't have gone down that path. But, I mean, at the time, Rudolph was looking at least somewhat sane, satisfactory, dare you even say quality? I don't know. At quarterback. And, no, he is just, I mean, it was such a horrible, horrible turn the opposite for him over the last couple games there. Okay, so now let me ask you a question. Here is Pittsburgh's remaining schedule. The Browns at the Cardinals, the Bills at the Jets, and at the Ravens. Could you see Pittsburgh going winless to close the season out? Because I can. Yeah, I think realistically the, the Browns and Cardinals are the only two games I'd feel comfortable naming them the favorite in. And the Cardinals, it's on the road, so that's what I really make, what really makes me like the Cardinals a little bit. Um, they get a little bit of a... a a lucky tick because Buffalo has to go to them, but Buffalo can play in those conditions. And I think Buffalo can punch them in the nose, quite honestly. And the jets are not a pushover right now, especially going on the road to see them. That defense at least is going to be trouble. So, well, and I, I think I read somewhere earlier today, I want to give credit to Paul Charchian probably for this uh, figure that over the last uh, month or so that Sam Darnold is like quarterback number three or four from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah. I started him in a couple leagues this past weekend. Um, and then his only saving grace, his 
I say the Steelers' saving grace is that in Week 17 they play the Ravens. But your fantasy football team should not be playing in Week 17. No, but I'm talking about their draft pick right now. So that is true. But anyway, the reason I say that is the Ravens may have nothing to play for and could be sitting people, so they could get a cheap win there. But if not, and going there even against backups, they still might, might have trouble. If they only have six wins, where do you think they look, that they'll be drafting? Not in a good spot. But, again, let's, let's hope that uh, for the Steelers' sake, again, whether you're a Steelers fan or not is, is out of the question, but for the Steelers' sake, that if they do turn the ball over to Devlin Hodges going forward here, that Devlin Hodges is more Nick Mullins or Gardner Minshew than, let's say, Brandon Allen or uh, who are some of the other mediocre guys who have come into it. <laughs> so there's, there's a chance that we might see decent play out of this offense going forward. But Pittsburgh's best chance to win these games is going to be on the strength of their defense. Exactly. But, again, I'm just going to say, I'm going to stand on my soapbox and say I still think that they're going to be remiss that they gave up that first rounder for Minka Fitzpatrick. But, anyway, let's move on. Um, who are you using as your value play? Because I, I think we could match here possibly. But then again, maybe not. You know, I feel kind of dirty about this one myself. Oh. Um, oh. I'm I'm going a little higher up the salary cap than I normally like to do at, at wide receiver. And I, I'm going to go with a guy on a team that has been pretty putrid offensively this season. Uh-oh. We might agree here. <clears throat> I'm going to go with Tyler Boyd versus the Jets. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> now, the, the key part about this Red rifle, red rifle. Red rifle Andy Dalton is back in the saddle, uh, according to Coach Zach Taylor. Uh, Zach Taylor, is, is he one of the Hanson brothers there? I, I, I thought that sounds <laughs> – uh, the Jets are absolutely abhorrent against the pass. Andy Dalton is actually a pretty serviceable quarterback, and when he was playing quarterback earlier this season, Tyler Boyd was actually enjoying uh, games right in the realm of 660, yep. 770. Uh, he even had a couple 100-yard performances earlier this season as the wide receiver won there. Now, again, we were kind of joking in the news about whether or not A.J. Green would return, but uh, – it would be really, really pretty funny if Green did return for this game. You know what? I thought about that. And even if A.J. Green did return, although I might pay up for him if that was the case as my value play, because at $6,000 he would be a value, um, I still think that actually helps Boyd. So I, there's no scenario that I don't like Tyler Boyd with the red rifle under center. So I think that's a clean match there. It is? Boyd, Boyd at value. Yeah, Boyd at value. That's the only one we matched at on wide receiver. Yes. We're, we're one on quarterback with Mahomes. We're CMC and Shell. No, we didn't match on, on the stay away. So we've got one at each position so far. So we're at three and four is the over. So um, you ready to run over to tight end? Yes. And finish this up. Tight end was easier today. Tight end was easier for this slate as far as I'm concerned. Um, Although I can see that we may be one player off on the payup, but I'm paying up for the biggest guy on the board. No way I don't want some of Travis Kelsey to stack with Patrick Mahomes. I guess I'm stacking the whole offense since I said Tyreek also um, against that Oakland defense. That is the match there, Travis Kelsey. 
I, I, I went with him because if nothing else, if Tyreek Hill doesn't play, Kelsey's going to see even more targets. Yep. Oakland is actually allowed the second most eight tight end touchdowns this season behind only the ugly, ugly situation in Arizona. Uh, they gave up touchdown this week, too. I mean, it, to uh, it, it was like a nobody, like uh, was it Caden Smith, I think, for the Giants scored this yeah. week against them. Yeah, the rookie that was in because of Evan Ingram not playing. Yeah, so again, you just you look at obviously Arizona's a team to, to target against for tight ends. Dallas is in that same boat. Green Bay is in that boat, but Oakland's actually second worst team against tight ends. Kelsey's going there. He's going to eat this week, particularly if Hill is out. Yep. And over the last month, the Raiders are ninth in total points allowed to the tight end position. So it's a solid play all around. As far as who I'm staying away from, I you know what we might agree on this one also. Um, it's hard to stay away from him because he's playing. Um, although he is somewhat not 100%, but you couldn't tell that on Monday, on Sunday night. Um, I am staying away from George Kittle against a Ravens team that has given up the fifth fewest points to the tight end position this year, over the last month. Not this year, but over the last month. We didn't match there. Um, I considered Kittle, but again, after seeing him perform as well as he did yesterday on a broken ankle... <laughs> I, I decided that I, I can't legitimately not play him somewhat at least. The, the guy I'm staying away from is also playing in tonight's game, Mark Andrews, going against San Francisco. Opposing tight ends are averaging only three and a half catches and only 22 yards per game against San Francisco. Only two tight ends have scored against them on the season. And, you know, over the last month or so, I'd say that Andrews' target share is actually starting to go down a little bit. Yeah. They're using the other tight ends. They're using Hollywood Brown more and more in the past game. They just threw a touchdown pass just here in the last couple minutes here of this game to Willie Sneed over the middle. Again, that's that's where we should be seeing more Mark Andrews, and we're not seeing it lately. And over the past month, only the Bills and the Eagles are giving up fewer points to the tight end position. So that's a solid play. Um, I, I defaulted to the higher-priced guy, quite honestly. But, yes, I don't see anything wrong with that. I guarantee we're not matching on the value play, though, because I, I took issue – with value, not meaning cheap necessarily. Okay. Who did you go with? I'm actually paying up for the fourth highest priced guy on the list for my value play, and that's Hunter Henry. <laughs> uh, that would certainly be a value at 5,800. I'm not so sure it's a value at 6,600 on FanDuel. Um, there's actually, I think there are quite a few guys I kind of liked in the value range this week, but. So go ahead, tell, go ahead and tell the listeners why you why you chose Henry. I think that one he'll have a lower ownership percentage. Quite honestly, that's part of it, and that's because I think people have in their head that Denver's a decent defense, and it's on the road, right? But yep. over the past month, the only two teams that have given up more points to the fantasy tight end position than the Broncos are the Patriots and the Bengals. The Broncos have given up more fantasy points to the tight end position than the Cardinals over the last month. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned the Cardinals because they're who I'm picking on. And I'm also not going to go with exactly the cheapest guy for my value play this week. My value play is going to be Gerald Everett at 4,600 on DraftKings and 6,300 on FanDuel. Uh, he's going to get his chance. I, I think he's one of the few things that's still working in the Rams offense despite broken Jared Goff. Uh, Arizona, uh, all you need to know about Arizona is they've 
played 11 games and they've given up 12 tight end touchdowns. Yep. Um, Mr. Everett's one for 15 the night on one target, so you're not dropping anything. No, well, the other player I considered at value play at tight end, and I, I think that we need to mention a little bit at least, is Jack Doyle facing Tennessee. Uh, no Eric Ebron now. Yeah. Uh, Doyle has been very, very good in the past when there's been no Ebron on the field. And Tennessee is frankly kind of just middle of the road against tight ends. And that's what the numbers bear out. They're actually 19th in points of points allowed to the tight end position over the past month. So you're talking middle of the pack right there. Um, and it comes down to opportunity. So when you don't have to split that, that pie up, uh, I wouldn't be shocked though, if you saw Mo Alley Cox with like a one, one for five with a touchdown line, which could siphon points away from Doyle too. Exactly. So, well, we didn't over, we hit the push. But all told... We Someone's were, not going to be happy. Yeah, right? <laughs> so we matched on 13 total picks um, between both slates. That's quite a bit. Um, nine was definitely more than I thought we would hit on Turkey Day because I thought I was being a little bit out there with some of the picks. Definitely didn't see us m- meeting on Cole Beasley, quite honestly. Well, and I think that this really says something about the, the Turkey Day slate, too. And it's going to be a fairly chalky slate. Yes. Which means that when you go for your value plays... You, you need to put your dif- differentiation into those value plays because there's just not a lot of possible. You, you, there's really very few higher dollar players that you can really differentiate from. There's not like we can pivot easily from, say, uh, Ezekiel to Le'Veon Bell. Right. That's not an option. You, you have to play the bigger dollar players because there's no one that's going to come right. close to their potential volume output. Now, what you really said you really have to hit on is those value plays. And the fact that we agreed on those two to some degree says that these players are the value plays that you truly, truly want to fit into your roster. Yeah. And you know what? Hey, so much for it being a shorter show. We hit the one hour mark already. So over an hour plus of DFS goodness for our listeners this week. Um, Juicy, juicy, juicy. Yeah, unlike most turkey, which is dry, dry, dry. Um, but anyway, enjoy your trick to fin this week, your trick to fin induced coma. Um, tell the wife and family and everything that we send our best, and happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners. Of course, follow Harley on Twitter at Nuclear Harley. Follow me at Steve Gallo NFL. Go to the huddle. Um, treat yourself to a Thanksgiving um, gift if you haven't done so already. To in- to go ahead and sign up and get some of the great content that we have there. And any, anything else you want to say in parting, Harley, before I give up the tagline? Nope. Shoot away. As always, get Blitz responsible. Cheers. Cheers.